Hello and welcome to the Happy Hippie Podcast. I am your host, Amanda McCormack. I am a registered yoga teacher, a certified personal trainer, and a certified nutrition coach, and I'm here to explore all the areas of life that contribute to bringing us greater happiness. So join me every week as we take deep dives into different wellness topics, methods, and products, and we talk to experts in the field to discover what you can bring into your life to feel better mentally, physically, and spiritually. So get ready as the Happy Hippie Podcast guides you towards living your best life. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back everybody. This week um, we are going to explore the topic of meditation. I put a poll up on my story and this was the most requested topic. I put a poll up a while ago and this was the most requested topic at that time, so it still hasn't changed. Um, I have some questions that people sent in that I'm going to answer, but this whole episode is going to be a little bit of like a crash course into what is meditation, the benefits of meditation, the scientific side of it. So, girl, we got some statistics about the brain. Get ready. If some people I know are more, they like to know the science side and the other people want to know more of the spiritual benefits, we're going to cover both. So we're going to do a science section, a more of a spiritual section afterwards, how happiness um, and meditation kind of co-align and how meditation can bring you greater overall happiness in your life. Uh, a little bit about flow state, which we'll get into it. Uh, we'll talk about the monkey mind. So and how meditation can even make you smarter. There's just a whole lot of things we're going to go into on the background of what meditation is, so I hope I can answer questions for you. Um, We'll move into how to meditate. Is there a right or wrong way to do it? Some simple tips on how to meditate, like sitting and posture options and things like that. And then I'll go over different types of meditation, like guided meditation, body scans. I'll cover the topic of mindfulness because sometimes people want to know the difference between meditation and mindfulness. And then at the end of the episode, I'm just going to do a short five-minute uh, meditation. So if you want to do it at any time, you can always skip to it. It'll be the last few minutes. And if you're driving or something, you can always just listen to the meditation. It's short so that you can get an idea of everything we talked about in the episode as an example. So yeah, that is our theme today. Just a little bit on meditation. I can always go deeper into different sections in this episode. So if anything comes up that you're really like, this is interesting, let me know and maybe we can deep dive into it another time. But I hope I cover everything. I'm very excited about this episode, especially the science part because it is so interesting and it hopefully will soothe out any skeptics doubts. So Mind you, again, I am currently living basically in like an outside facility, so it's kind of windy tonight. You can hear the winds, and this is the calmest weather soundscape I can get. When it's not windy and rainy, there's like frogs and birds that are just chronically loud 24-7. So I do apologize if you do hear some like wind in the background. I live in like an open-air cabin, and there's really no enclosed space for miles <laughs> that I could record this episode in. So you will hear some nature sounds in the background while I'm out here in Hawaii. So add that to like your soundscape, but I do just want to clarify that you will hear that during the episode, but let's get into it for real. So for the longest time, I thought meditation was boring before I knew what it was and before I actually truly had a practice because what I thought it was was sitting in a crisscross applesauce position, which first of all, I never meditate in that position because that thing, uh, my knees, my back, my neck, I cannot sit in a crisscross position that long. Like even as a yoga teacher, it's not my favorite position at all. And I used to see the visual of, you know, think about it like what do you see when you think of meditation you think of like a monk sitting in like cross-legged position with his eyes closed and quote-unquote he's quieting his mind and I've had so many people come up to me and even myself 
thinking that meditation is trying to make your mind go completely blank, like black and quiet to find inner peace. And actually that is the total opposite of what meditation is. It's really funny. It's kind of like how a lot of things in media can be misconstrued, how some people think like starving yourself is going to make you fit and how starving yourself actually does the complete opposite. When people think that quieting the mind, like making it go completely blank and not having a single thought in your noggin is what meditation is, it is actually not at all. So if that was your impression of meditation, it is about to change. So this is my definition that I'm literally scrapping up out of nothing. I will read some proper definitions in a bit, but when I think of meditation now and how I describe it to people currently, it's an awareness, it's becoming aware of your thoughts and aware of the patterns and things that are going on in your mind and almost becoming a third party observer of your own thoughts. And when that happens, you can like step back and dissect things that happen in your mind and it basically helps you dig deeper. It's almost like journaling in your mind. It's like a key to unlocking patterns and having realizations and insights from this third party perspective, as well as having like a moment of true peace from all that chatter in your mind. Meditating basically is becoming present. You're just becoming aware of like how your body feels, how your breath feels, and what thoughts are coming up. Because most of the time, we, well, we have thoughts going on all the time in our mind. Most of the time though, they're gonna be thoughts that are anxious thoughts about the future, worrying about what's happening, or thoughts from the past, thinking about things that happened in the past. Like the mind is constantly going back and forth from what happened to the past, what is going to happen, and we're rarely truly in the present moment. Like your feet might be in the present moment, but you know what your mind is always thinking about, like what you're gonna have to eat next, if this person's gonna answer you back from your past. Like there's just so much going on in your mind at all times that meditation, when you're in a meditative state, when you're actively doing a guided meditation or We'll talk about how there's also different types of meditations that put you in quote unquote the flow state. And for some people that's like art and doing active things. So meditation also isn't just sitting down and clearing the mind. It's when you actually put yourself in the present moment and you're aware of everything because you're truly being present. You're not in the future. You're not in the past. You're here and now. And you have the skill set which you develop with the practice to become aware and it sounds so simple, but truly we are not aware most of the time. We really do, I have some statistics later on that I'm like, I wish I had them in my head right now, but we basically live in our subconscious most of the time and meditating pulls you into your conscious state. And by keeping a practice of that, over time, you can become conscious a lot quicker. Like I'm snapping, I forget I'm doing a podcast. Like I'm talking, like I'm talking to a camera, but like you can snap yourself out of it and come back into the present because of your practice. So meditation, mindfulness techniques, and even yoga, which is like a physical meditation, are modalities that can ground us and keep us in the present moment. And like I said, even in small increments, like two minutes a day, building a practice of meditation of whatever that means for you can help steer ourselves to the present moment in our day-to-day -day lives. And this is why a daily practice is important because it has like a ripple effect that transfers into so many areas of our life lives and it builds and builds so that we can evolve into a better version of ourselves basically like we can grow and whenever you hear about people like meditating to get enlightenment or whatever the, the um, synonymous term for enlightenment is that you use um, what enlightenment basically is like I said it's going inside giving ourselves that chance to understand and view our thoughts but also view them with grace and non-judgment that's a really big thing it's like sometimes we are so used to also noticing our patterns and noticing our thoughts but we judge ourselves for having those thoughts whether it's guilt or anger or 
or worry or whatever you have, but being able to like learn from those patterns and discern what actions that we can take next based on what we discover in meditation is like the key to enlightenment. That's how you're able to dissect the patterns that you have in this lifetime and learn from them because the mind is always going to have these patterns and we're never going to learn unless we actually truly sit down and just notice what's going on in our minds. It's always telling us, but we're so caught up in the past and the future most of the time that we can't see clearly because we're just living in that subconscious. So basically meditation and all the forms of it that I'll go into today, which is a lot easier than you think it is. Again, it's not just sitting there in silence helps you unlock and notice these things and I like the term literally like a mental journaling exercise is like what meditation is it gives you time to see what thoughts are coming up a lot because those thoughts are coming up for a reason your mind is pushing those thoughts into your mind for a reason and just becoming aware of them really helps you grow so like I said that wasn't a textbook definition that's just really how meditation if you said the word that's what I would go off about if we were in like a one-on-one conversation I feel like that's exactly (laughs) what just comes to mind I do have some more definitions later on in the episode from different um, perspectives from spiritual perspectives and from some science backgrounds as well so but that's what I think meditation is in terms of my vernacular So let's talk about the benefits. I have five benefits that I just want to mention that we'll come back to. And then we'll have tons more benefits come up in the science section as well. So again, a practice of meditation, just calling like yoga as a yoga practice, a meditation practice has long lasting benefits that can be brought into our lives. Overall, we lower our stress levels. We get to know ourselves and our pain. And I say pain as patterns, like pain and patterns can be interchangeably used, I'd say. Um, We can connect better. We can improve our focus and overall we become so much more kinder to ourselves when we learn to view our thoughts with compassion and grace. So number one, again, would be understanding your pain. When you meditate, when you can become that state where you see yourself as the observer, you can understand why you're feeling these things because we're just sometimes so subconsciously living that we can't understand why we're feeling things. And when we become quiet and quote unquote quiet, quiet is like the observer in your mind and just stop the past and future chatter we can literally see our pain and start to break things down and a lot of guided meditations can help get you there as well if you feel like just sitting and doing your own observation doesn't really help sometimes they add those prompts those lines those words in the guided meditations which is again why i think of it as almost an internal journaling exercise that can help you really understand why you're feeling this pain or why this pattern keeps coming up or why this person keeps coming up like it helps you break down why (laughs) so number one understanding your pain understanding the why number two is lowering your stress and again in the science section we'll go into why that works but quite frankly you're not so focused on the past so focused on the present you're just still and calm and your body's not producing all that cortisol and stressing you out and there's tests that show that it literally lowers your stress when you implement meditation practice into your life number three it helps connect you better connect you better can be very vague but it can connect you better to yourself You understand yourself more. You understand why these things are coming up for you and why you're behaving the way you are. And you find that compassion for yourself. It helps you understand and connect better to other people. A lot of guided meditations can bring up points that make you realize that people, we're all the same. And um, like loving meditations, there's a term called meta meditation where it's like you do gratitude, where you give love and send love to people and send love to different parts of the world and people that maybe you don't even like, which sounds like a hard task. But it really makes you understand that like we really truly are the same nature, all of us. And when you understand that you're not 
your thoughts. You're not you're just your physical body. You're so much more than that. It connects you better to other people. And overall, another one that I would tie into number three is like you become kinder and more empathetic to people and your happiness improves because your relationship with other human beings improves from it. Number four is improved focus. We go into a lot of detail on different parts of the brain that are activated and different parts of the brain that are literally growing when you do meditation and it improves your focus it can help you also just come back to that present moment a lot quicker you understand and can slow down and you start to notice things like how your fingertips literally feel like if you take a moment right now and just close your eyes try to send all of your awareness to your fingertips like actively feel your pinky and how your pinky feels and maybe the weight of the index finger. Just try to put all of your thought and awareness into that part of your body right now. That's a technique called meditate, uh, body scanning in meditation. You just start to notice like parts of your body that you didn't notice before and you can focus a lot clearer because your mind isn't thinking and feeling everything else. So improved focus is a scientific benefit for meditation as well. And number five, reducing brain chatter. If you feel like the voice in your head just like doesn't stop, like you, you're just blah, 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 all the time, a practice of meditation. And me speaking from the seat that I'm in right now, I don't meditate two hours a day. You don't have to do that. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in literally a second, but keeping a practice of like five minutes a day can help reduce that chatter, can help calm your stress down, can help you with the focus and connecting and understanding your pain just by a few minutes a day. Like I really promise that is a true effect of this, but it does reduce your brain chatter. It reduces the voice in your head. And it can also help you just kind of... Gabby Bernstein's an author and she uses this term, choose again. So it can help you choose a new feeling if you're in a situation and you feel like your mind is like talking you down, but you're getting anxious. Like you kind of develop this skill to take a breath and like choose a new thought, choose a new pattern or say, okay, thank you mind for trying to protect me with this thought. I understand that now because you do all that inner work and then you can just choose to not feel that way again um, in that moment. And that's something, again, that comes along with the practice of meditation. So, like I said, there's no right or wrong way to meditate. Um, there's no right or wrong time limit. There's no proper way or path that works better. It all comes down to how you actually just begin to tune into yourself and what works best for you. So, don't stop after trying one option. Maybe that's not the one for you. I'll give you tons of different options you could do in this episode, and I'll try to type some out in the show notes as well. And yeah, you can always message me. You can always look into it and do some research. But my point is, if one thing doesn't work for you, maybe just try a different way. I know some people that they're not into like physical meditation, but they do different versions of it, or they find other ways to be meditative. So find what works for you. One shoe doesn't fit all is basically what I want to say. So for a basic meditation, these are going to be kind of some tips and some steps on just so you know how a basic meditation works and what the point is before we go into the science background of it. So meditation can be done seated or laying down. I know most people do it seated. And when I was in my yoga teacher training, we would meditate as a group and I would literally just lay down like on the mat. And I didn't care because sitting up for like more than like 15 minutes really kind of hurts my back. Or 
it takes it out of it for me because then I start to hyper focus on my spine. So I find personally for myself that meditating, laying down is really good for me. I never fall asleep. That's something that some people have mentioned to me. Like they're like, oh, I fall asleep when I meditate laying down. But for me personally, I can actually become so much more aware of my body in that position. So maybe play around with the positioning if you're not a fan of seated. You can also sit in a chair. You can sit with back support, make it as comfortable as you need to. You don't have to be sitting in like a crisscross applesauce position. Once you get into that seated position, um, it's up to you as well if you want to heavy your eyelids and keep them closed or if you want to like kind of squint and keep it really like fuzzy. Personally, every time I meditate, I just close my eyes. I find it's the way to do it for me. But again, you can play around with the eye option. The point of meditation is next to notice your breath. That is just what they use the term anchor for. So remember I said that meditation is not being in the future or the past. It's kind of being present and just noticing what's around you. Your breath is a tool. It's an anchor. It's a way that you can focus on the present moment because sometimes... So is body scanning. So um, I usually in yoga classes too, I try to point out the five senses because sometimes we lose sight like, sight of the five senses. Um, so just noticing something that's in the present moment to keep you there. So most people, like I said, will say notice the breath, but you can also just notice the sounds around you. So you can hyper-focus on the sounds that you hear and they don't have to be peaceful sounds. They could be the sound of your mom cooking in the room downstairs. They can be the sound of the birds outside or the garbage men, but just noticing something in the present moment to anchor you in. So we always have our breath. You can notice how your body moves with the breath. If your chest rises and falls, if the air goes to your belly, if your belly moves when you breathe, if the air feels cold or warm in between your nose or out your mouth, however you're breathing, things that are sense related, basically, like I said, you did cold and hot and feeling and all of that. They're just ways to ground yourself in and notice the present moment. I feel like I got a little rambly with that part, but literally you can use your breath to stay present. Sometimes if people can't stay present with something physical, a meditation that's guided will tell you to count. So you're counting in a certain pattern or you're breathing for a certain amount of counts. Maybe you've heard people say breathe in for four, exhale for four. It's so that you can keep yourself thinking about something that's not your past worries or your future worries. You know, it's anything that can keep you in the actual moment of time that you're in, noticing something in this real moment of time. So like I said, I go to the senses. Sometimes I'll do a body scan meditation where it's like you notice, like we did earlier with the fingertips, um, you notice like how your toes feel, how your knees feel against the earth. Um, you move up your body and just kind of really notice how you feel because that's what meditation is. It's observing. So if you can find something to the term anchor, anchor onto to keep present, that would be the second step. So again, you're seated with your eyes closed or you're laying down. You're noticing your breath or you're noticing parts of your body or noticing sounds around you. You just want to hook into something to bring you to the present timeline. And then it's a game pretty much. Then just notice when your mind has pretty much wandered. When you're sitting there and you're thinking of your breath, you're breathing in and then you start thinking about dinner or funny text message. Just notice it. Don't be like, oh, oh my gosh, no, I'm not meditating anymore. And then you start to get that like negative self-judgment. Usually what I do, I'm going to talk about it later in the episode, but I like to think about my thoughts as clouds. So when a thought comes by and it's like, just thinking about like it's like a meme like most of my head is like a meme anyway like it's like a spongebob meme i'll just look at it and let it go by 
and think of myself from the perspective of laying on a field and the thoughts are just clouds moving by and I'm able to just sit there and notice how my body feels and if a thought comes up I don't get mad at myself I just let it drift away I go okay that's a cool thought right back to the breathing kind of thing I don't engage with the thought I don't try to go deeper into it and sometimes you will sometimes your body starts to rabbit hole and next thing you know you're down the thought a little bit further and that's still okay there's literally no right or wrong you just go all right cool thought I'm gonna just let that cloud drift by and I'm just gonna keep breathing I'm just gonna notice my body and how I feel so you're not trying to clear your thoughts exactly you can notice them just try not to be like oh true maybe I should get some olive oil tonight and put that on the grocery list and then when I'm in the grocery like you know and you just ramble and if you catch yourself in that ramble that's the game you're like all right cool I did go down that ramble, no judgment again, because the next step would be practice no judgment. I've already said it a few times. So you're sitting there, you're anchoring in, you're just noticing your breath and the things around you and your thoughts come up and you just let them pass by. You, you can look at them, you can think about them, but just try not to like open them up and rabbit hole down them. And if you do rabbit hole down them, it's okay. Just like I said, take that thought, put it back up in the cloud and just let the cloud pass by and just be like, chill with it. Don't be upset that you engaged. Just don't have any judgment, have grace for yourself. So that's basically what meditation is, as boring as that could sound. Um, you just want to notice also what the thoughts are that are coming up. That's um, the first meditation that I would suggest doing is just noticing the thoughts and being like, okay. And then as you get used to it, you can start to notice what type of thoughts actually come up so maybe yeah you do get the random like grocery store thing but for example when I started meditating I noticed I had a lot of worries coming up so like a lot of the time it would be to-do list but it would be like the urgency of I have to do other things than what I'm doing right now and I realized I have like this anxious thought pattern of I need to get things done and I don't let myself have time to rest and I only ever realized that old thought pattern from meditation because all the thoughts that kept coming up in my meditations every day that I was beginning to see the pattern of was that I was so hyper focused on subconsciously like I really didn't think I was thinking of any of this stuff but <laughs> the thoughts in my head were always like girl you got to do this you got to do this you got to get this ready you have to prepare that if you don't prepare that by this then this is gonna and it would just I, I was able to actually hear that chatter up front and again, I wasn't mean with myself about it, but I just began to notice, okay, maybe I do need to work on being kinder to myself and learning how to like prioritize my tasks. And I got that from just sitting and meditating. So that's pretty much what it means by noticing the patterns that come up. You're not passing judgment. You're just seeing the thoughts come by as clouds, noticing the patterns that come up and returning to the breath. Not worrying about clearing the mind, not worrying about just staring into pitch darkness. Like, you want the thoughts to come up. You want to see the patterns that are coming up. You want to know what your mind is subconsciously thinking about. But you're looking at it from the third party. So yeah, we're not judging ourselves or obsessing over the content of the thoughts that you find yourself lost in. You just come back to that present moment. So you focus your attention. If your mind wanders, you bring it back. And again, you just try to do it as kindly as possible as many times as you need to. That's literally the breakdown of what meditation is. Okay, so let's get into the actual science of meditation, what it is, the benefits of it, and like studies and all of that jazz. I'm actually really excited to present this part because I did a lot of research for this podcast and I'm, I was like excited to get like all the details down. So if you're more of a sciencey person, this might be your section. 
So earlier I mentioned how our mind is like always in the subconscious and it's actually estimated that 95% of our behavior runs on autopilot. And that's basically because we have these neural networks that underlie all of our habits and it reduces millions of sensory inputs per second into like manageable little shortcuts so that we can function in the world, if that makes any sense. They're basically brain signals. And these default brain signals are so efficient that they often cause us to like relapse into old behaviors before we remember what we were meant to do instead. So basically, it's just easier for our brain to use autopilot behaviors like things it's used to than create these like new patterns. And mindfulness is the exact opposite of these default processes of that autopilot. It's basically having like executive control rather than autopilot, and it enables the initial actions, willpower, and decisions. But it does take practice, which is why we meditate. So like the more that we activate the intentional brain, the stronger it gets. And we activate it when we meditate. So every time we do something deliberate and new, we stimulate neuroplasticity, which basically activates the gray matter in our brain, which is full of newly sprouted neurons that have not yet been groomed for that autopilot brain. So what all that literally means, again, is that the more we meditate, we create more of these new neurons that haven't been created in that autopilot function. So we're bringing these new things in our brain to life, and it helps us break out of that autopilot subconscious behavior. There's also studies that show when we build more of those neurons, it has tons of other amazing effects for your mind, like it helps you focus better. And those five things I listed in the beginning of the episode, the benefits of meditation, all apply to the brain creating these new neurons from meditation. So there are a few books that use the term the monkey mind. Um, a lot of science-based books that talk about meditation refer to the human mind as the monkey mind because when we were like apes, we kind of were just like thinking of everything all at once and they call the chatter in the mind the monkey mind. So um, <laughs> there was like a few things online when I was trying to break this down properly and they kept using these crazy analogies about actual monkeys, but I'm going to try and break this down in analogies to help you understand it a bit better. So basically like when the brain has nothing to do, and when I mean nothing to do, I mean like you're not driving a car or like doing a, an important task, it goes into DMN, which is default mode network, which switches on. So it's basically like this idle mode um, and it gives the brain a chance to go full crazy and that's when all the chatter happens so when you're in dmn your mind just kind of like it's like giving a bunch of kids a bag of candy and they start going crazy so like that's what happens in your mind when you're in that switch of a mode which is basically boredom and think about like when you have a kid that's bored and you don't give them something like an ipad <laughs> an ipad child or if you don't give them something to do they're just going to bother you and they're going to like screech and holler and annoy you basically and do that until they find a way to keep themselves entertained. So your brain per se kind of does that. It will find a way when it's bored to make you act and do something to stimulate it. And most of us will kind of do anything to keep that subconsciously, this is all subconscious, will keep that brain from basically being appeased. And these days, think about the easiest solution that we have to keep our brain at ease going to be your phone or whatever piece of technology like an iPad or something that you actually reach towards because we have all the apps and social media you can play games it's basically like a never-ending supply of amusement so it's actually funny that there's a part like a switch a chemical in your brain that craves amusement and since we have it at such an easy disposal like we reach for it so often and it's just a cycle like our brain is used to that instant gratification it's used to being so appeased so easily that our attention span and our focus and the chatter all goes up because of it. 
and funny enough, <laughs> I this next part I actually learned from Jane Goodall. Like she did studies about brains and stuff about this. But there's a center, like an area of the brain near the midline called the PCC. So it's pronounced. It's going to be pronounced a lot better than I'm going to pronounce it, but it's the posterior ciliate cortex, so PCC. And basically, it's the brain region that's linked directly to the I'm bored, I want to play on my phone section. So um, studies show that DMN, which is that mode when you're really bored, um, when you strengthen that section, when you train yourself to have like discipline and not get as bored as easily, then it in turn basically calms down that PCC section of the brain. And that's literally what meditation does. It works on the DMN section of the brain. So actually among the four main brain sections, the regions, the lobes, if you wish to call them, um, Harvard University in 2011, they had researchers that actually discovered that meditation dramatically increases the PCC um, gray matter concentration. So again, when you strengthen that and you strengthen the DMT one, oh, it's not DMT. That's, that's a drug. I meant to say DMN, but anyway, I had DMT on the mind, I guess. Um, when you strengthen them, they basically like cancel each other out and it increases the gray matter concentration. And if you remember from before, when you make more of those neurons, that's when all those positive effects happen. So that's like the breakdown of the science, actually in meditation. So basically, in essence, strengthening the brain's quote-unquote present moment discipline center, which is the PCC, because Amanda can't pronounce that, um, it basically is like a boot camp for your brain. Whenever you strengthen that section, it's a boot camp and your brain will adjust, it'll get more discipline, and you'll have less of those impulses to reach for stuff, as well as all of the other positive benefits that meditation can bring you. So you'll be more peaceful and calm little monkeys in your brain instead of having them like banging for entertainment every 10 seconds. And in terms of your phone, it basically helps untether like anxiety and tension and the impulsivity that you have when using your phone. So you basically can control your phone instead of the phone controlling you. So that's a cool benefit of meditation. It does help with that whole department as well. This is one of my favorite sections. So meditation can actually make you smarter. Did you know that like your measurable level of intelligence, so basically your IQ, your memory, your focus, and your overall brain power are not like permanently set levels. So back in the day, I'm pretty sure people used to think that your brain power and like your IQ was like genetics, but it's not. You can actually like work it out like a muscle and get smarter. So like decades ago, um, they discovered that neuroplastic nature of our brains basically means that our intellectual like creativity kind of potentials are not set in genetic stone. So there's certain things that we can do to improve the performance. And like I said, you can work it out. Um, you basically can build the strength and even the size of your brain, which is really crazy, in the healthiest and most natural ways. And guess what is the best way to do it? based on science. I'm not even making it up. It's meditation. So these folks at Harvard are really busy. They kept coming up in all my research. <laughs> in the year 2000, um, Harvard University study found that in both the short and long-term um, meditation practitioners, they naturally and beneficially increased the neural mass, which is the gray matter I was talking about before, of the brain regions associated with the long and short-term memory, focused attention, deep thought and overall brain power while simultaneously quieting the electrical activity within the regions associated with anxiety, depression, fear, and anger. So again, literally, not only does it improve things like memory, attention, your thought, um, how like provo not provocative. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm mixing up the words today, but like when, you can, when you're in deep thought, um, 
and your memory. It also kind of soothes the side of the brain that's associated with anxiety, depression, fear, and anger. So it's like a benefit on both sides. So that was my little science -y section. I hope you guys enjoyed me using all the brain terms, but this has to do a little bit with the brain, but it's not as science-y. I just want to go back to a few times I already said it, that um, meditation doesn't have to be sitting still. You can be in a meditative state or what's known as a flow state by doing other things as well. So I just want to talk about that for a moment and the science behind a flow state and what it even is. So if you've heard of the flow state before, um, people use it a lot in books. They basically refer to being in flow um, versus being in resistance. So when you're in a resisted state, you're doing something you don't want to be doing and you're putting all your energy to not be doing it. But when you're in a flow state, you're doing something that you love, that you enjoy doing, that time seems to like either fly by or you're just lost in the moment and it, you hear it a lot with creative outlets like art and music and even exercise and running you just get so lost in it that it doesn't feel like work you're in a flow you're moving with the stream you're not pushing against it so one definition of flow state um, that i found is flow is being completely involved in activity for its own sake the eagle falls away time flies every action movement and thought follows inevitably from the previous one your whole being is involved and you are using your skills to the utmost of your ability and science shows that being in a flow state equals happiness which is why we got to mention meditation and happiness on this podcast because that is literally the theme but yeah being in a flow state which you can get from meditation or other things scientifically boost your happiness so why does a flow state basically make us so happy <laughs> oh I'm, i was regretting this part of the podcast i was so scared to get to this point because i found a quote from a doctor who has literally 36 letters in her name and i'm going to mispronounce it so so badly so bear with me guys i'll put her name in the description because i'm doing her or him such a disservice uh, <laughs> i really can't pronounce this name man oh my gosh okay here we go according to dr Cisizenta mesigali. Yep, it's in the it's in the caption if you really want to know what it is. But according to this person, um, the human mind can only process about 110 bytes of information per second. So, for example, listening to somebody speak takes about 60 bytes, which is the reason we can't actually listen to two people talking at once because it goes over the 110 limit. And it's when we're making, doing, creating, or playing something that our mind has no room for anything else when it's something so passionate to us your mind actually uses your full abilities it uses all 110 bits per second when you're in something and you're so engulfed in it it creates this boost of chemicals in your brain that almost give you like a quote unquote high and according to harvard psychologist Teresa amble achieving an uninterrupted creative flow state leaves us feeling ecstatic motivated and fulfilled for up to three days afterwards so even if you just do like if let's say your creative outlet is art or playing an instrument if you do that in your day for just a few minutes like it can totally affect your brain chemistry for days to come which is crazy and maybe even take a moment to like think back to the last time that you experienced that flow state. It, I keep using creative, like the basic creative things, but you could be experiencing it in something totally different. So maybe think about like what were you doing that time flew by so fast that you actually really enjoyed yourself. Were you like gardening, painting? It could be even hiking. Um, maybe you were like dancing or doing something with your hands or writing. Did you like have like a sense where you faded into like 
this kind of sounds so hippie, <laughs> faded into like an oblivion kind of, or did time disappear? Maybe the world dropped out of sight. Did your mind and body and soul like get absor- absorbed in the moment? It could even just be something so tiny. So maybe take a moment to like pause and see if you can find what that flow state is for you. And this is going to be my favorite line of the episode, I think. So this old saying that everybody knows, it kind of applies here. If it looks like a duck, swims like a duck, and quacks like a duck, then it's probably a duck. And likewise, if flow lights up, the brain scan, just like a meditation, um, strengthens the caudalate nucleus like a meditation, and makes us feel euphoric like a meditation, then it's probably a meditation. Even though that was like super nerdy sentence I just said. If anything is lighting you up, it has literally the same spot that hits the brain like meditation does. So if you find like your creative thing and when hiking or drawing or painting and doing an, doing an instrument, playing an instrument, then you're actually lighting up your brain the same way that people in meditation increase their gray matter. So when you find yourself in that flow state, which is what meditation achieves as well, they're two different things, but they're pretty much the same, which is really funny you have that positive brain chemistry and it can improve your mood, change your neurons in your brain just by doing something you're passionate about or by taking time and doing a meditation. So in 2013, this is like going to be my last statistic, I promise guys. In 2013, there was a group of Belgian researchers that examined the brains of 27 Parkinson's patients before and after they did an eight-week mindfulness meditation class. And what they found is not only did it massively upgrade no less than five of the really powerful brain regions. These people who have never meditated before dramatically increased their gray matter density, which is known as GMD. They really just like abbreviate everything. So again, they dramatically increased their um, gray matter density of their flow state. There's a nucleus in the brain. It's called, I think it's pronounced a cadet nucleus, but that's what the flow state is associated with. Those are the nuclei that like light up in your brain basically on scans and MRIs, but um, the gray matter dramatically increased when they were meditating, just like it would when people are in their flow state playing an instrument or like going on a run. So not only that, but if you know anything about Parkinson's, like it's, it's crazy that this type of work, which is just going into a flow state and being mindful and meditative, could change a disease like Parkinson's. So that was a crazy study that came out that I just wanted to like chuck in here. Um, I actually, in college, I came up with this idea. I pitched it in my school competition. I never did anything with it, but it was a subscription box for people with Parkinson's and I had to do a lot of research on the brain. Um, and a lot of the things I wanted to put in the box involved not only like keeping their fingers and hands busy, but a lot of mindfulness practices because it shows that it literally creates new neurons and new connections in the brain and Parkinson's basically like your synapses like fizzle out kind of and that's why they lose some of their cognitive abilities and motor skills but you can literally build new ones it's so possible and meditation and mindfulness like contribute to it so heavily that scientists are coming out with new things every single year from research with it and it's such a simple practice like it's not a drug or a medicine it's something that like anybody and everybody can do And like I just said with the statistic, when you put yourself in a flow state, you get the same benefit and vice versa. So if you do have something that you're really passionate about, you can try like doing it more often or try meditating and see the difference in it. And to finish off this section, basically like flow state neutralizes apathy and really like catapults yourself to be motivated. It makes you grow. It develops us as humans and boosts your self-esteem and Overall, I would say it even like opens doors to success by putting yourself in a flow state. It just makes your brain grow. 
don't you want your brain to grow? I mean, you're having a good time. You can meditate and your brain will literally grow and you'll get all the benefits that I yapped about that that scientist whose name I couldn't pronounce told you about. So that's probably as much science as I can handle for this episode, to be honest. Um, We can go to the spiritual side of things and why meditation is used a lot in different religions and spirituality and you hear about it a lot. And like I mentioned before, a lot of people think of that monk sitting in stillness because the word and phrase inner stillness and peace is used a lot. People think inner stillness is just like complete darkness, black, just sitting there. Peace is just having absolutely nothing, but it's more of like having less reactivity and having a sense of like inner bliss that isn't dependent on like outer circumstances more of like a strong authentic sense of like who you are on a soul level those are some benefits you really get from meditation um not letting the outside world affect who you are how you are how you react and again that even goes back to all the signs i was talking about you're less reactive to things you're less impulsive you're less dependent on like instant gratification and you have that sense of inner bliss because that chatter in your mind from the past and present just like yapping at you comes to stillness so that's where stillness kind of comes from and peace comes from not having to deal with your mind like you're you're using science and your own body and energy to calm your mind down and not have to deal with that constant chatter which gives you an authentic sense of really who you are because you can sort through all those patterns so everything I said scientifically is what comes up in a lot of spiritual texts and a lot of spiritual practices and yoga and things like that um inner stillness and peace And I just feel like the message has been misconstrued as you're just sitting there and nothing comes. But those are definitely the benefits, I would say, from a spiritual side. Okay, so I'm going to move on to just going into some types of meditation. I feel like I've actually covered a lot of them already, um, but I'm just going to go over them quickly back to back so you can understand them. And then we can do a short meditation. It'll only be like three or four minutes and I'll put it at the end of this episode. But I'm just going to break down some generic types of meditation. A mindfulness meditation. That's kind of what I described in the beginning of the episode where we're just trying to be aware of ourselves and we're learning how to pay attention to the breath as it goes basically in and out. Notice where the mind wanders and that's the task. It's just going back and forth between noticing your breath and noticing where your mind goes and just making note of it with no judgment. So this is a practice of returning to the breath that builds the muscles of attention and basically, if you want to call them, your mindfulness muscles. So when we pay attention to our breath, we're learning how to return to it, how to like remain in it and thus remaining in the present moment to anchor ourselves in the here and now on purpose without that judgment. So I literally think I explained that totally in the beginning of the episode, but that is what is categorized as a mindfulness meditation. Building on mindfulness meditations, I've said the word body scan before. A body scan meditation can be really in-depth or it can be really short and quick. Sometimes I like to do body scans in yoga classes. Um, It takes about a minute to do, but I've also done body scan meditations where the entire meditation for like 20 minutes is scanning your body. So it's truly sitting there and trying to bring your attention to different segments of your body. Um, this is done a lot in guided meditations and it's nice when it's guided because then somebody can like say the words and you just have to bring your attention there. So it's usually from head to toe or from toe to head, depending on where you want to start, but you'll usually start with a segment and just move yourself up and up and up and up until you're all the way through your body. So you'll try to like perceive how your toes feel, perceive how your foot 
feels and your ankle and then you move up to the calf and your thighs and you'll hit like your glutes and hips and back and work your way all the way to your chest and shoulders and then you start to feel the muscles in your face usually they'll tell you to notice them relax them take out any tension any tension in the area but you can also just do a body scan if you're in a meditation by yourself and you want to get settled because it brings the awareness back to the present moment and you're using your body as a tool to do that guided meditations like I said I I prefer, I like guided meditations. I really do. I do my own meditations where I'll just sit and, and become aware of my thoughts. But I like the guided ones because a lot of guided meditations have themes. So like I said, meditation is almost like journaling in your head. Guided meditations are cool because they give you the prompts. They give you the themes to work on. And sometimes they just give you a lot of good like quotes and thought-provoking things. The best types of guided meditations are the ones that give you equal amounts of words and space. So they'll give you time to think. So you are having your moments in silence and moments to reflect and really stay present and watch your thoughts, but then they'll kind of guide you to where you should have your mind go, whatever theme they have. Um, so there's guided meditations for forgiveness and letting go. There's guided meditations for gratitude and boosting your mood. Um, manifestation kind of goes with boosting your mood. Meta meditation is the term for giving love to other people. So there's tons of different categories. And like I said, they're basically just giving you prompts, themes, and quotes to help guide you literally in your um, awareness. And lastly, I mentioned the cloud technique for meditation, which is, I, I, I think it's my favorite thing because it broke it down so well for me when I first heard about the cloud technique where you imagine yourself laying in a field. It doesn't have to be laying in a field, but that you have your thoughts are clouds, that the clouds that are moving by are your thoughts and you can just let them pass. Um, another way you can also use the cloud meditation in a different kind of way is taking the thought and throwing it into the cloud. <laughs> so if you have a thought, you can think of your thoughts as in your head and if you just want it to pass by, you can take it out of your head and kind of like throw it in the cloud. So I don't know, I do that all the time. Like whenever a thought comes by, I literally see myself putting it in the cloud and then the cloud just drifting away and I'm not judging it, I'm just letting it pass just like any other cloud would. That's my favorite analogy. Um, I feel like maybe if you're new to meditation it might help you because like I said, I can't vouch for it enough. It's not like an official technique, like guided meditations and body scans are like real words, but the cloud technique is one of my favorites. Okay, so that was pretty much all of the knowledge <laughs> that I could supply you about meditation in just a short amount of time. Um, I want to get ready to do a meditation with you, so it'll be like less than five minutes. If you want to take some time to get ready for that, we can go through basically everything I talked about, and it'll be using the cloud technique and a little bit of a guided meditation, a little bit of a body scan. So like I said, even if you're like driving or you're doing something else, just you can listen to how I break it down and how a meditation kind of starts, has a middle and end. Otherwise, you can get ready by finding a comfortable seated position. You can always pause this and come back when you're ready. Um, it can be seated. You can lay on your back and grab any props or pillows that you need. And you just want to get yourself settled. If you're laying on your back, you can always put a pillow underneath your kneecaps. It helps keep your lower back pressed down. And if you're seated, you can just let your hands fall on your knees let the body just get a little heavier. You can enjoy the wind <laughs> while we go through this. So take the time to start to heavy the eyelids or you can squint and keep them
very blurred and focused if that's more your jazz. And just start to notice the weight of the body, the weight of your seat and your limbs on the floor. On every exhale, just feel it get a little heavier. Start to release any tension you're holding in muscles. And just noticing how your body feels in this moment, if there's any aches and pains, if anything feels good. And we're not passing judgment, we're just beginning to become aware of those feelings, those sensations, things that make us human. And we'll begin to do a short body scan, starting with the head. And just releasing any tension in the space between the eyebrows softening the cheeks and smile lines, releasing your jaw if you're clenching it. You can even let the tongue fall from the roof of your mouth, letting the shoulders just fall a little heavier and drawing your attention down your arms to your fingers and hands and releasing any grip any tension on them. Making your way down your torso to your hips and sit bones and letting it get softer on each exhale. Noticing the backs of the legs and what parts are touching the floor and what parts are not. And we can begin to start to bring our attention back to our chest and just notice the rise and fall of your chest as you breathe in and out. Just keeping our attention in that area. Maybe noticing the temperature of the air when you inhale. Is it warm or cool? And then noticing the difference in when you exhale. Is the temperature warm? Is it cool? On your next inhale, see if you can make your belly move with air. So your chest will rise and your belly will rise and inflate just a little bit. And let your exhale fall naturally. We're going to practice some counts with the breath just so we can really ground in. So on your next inhale, try to inhale for four seconds in. One, two, three, four. And exhale for one, two, three, four. And we'll keep that pattern going at your own pace. Just inhaling so the chest and the belly rise for four. Three, two, one, and exhaling that breath out. Four, three, two, one. And keep repeating that pattern for just the next few moments.
And as any thoughts begin to arise, just notice them. Just notice what the thoughts are. Try not to engage too much. See the thoughts passing by as clouds and imagining yourself putting any thought that comes into your head into the cloud and just letting the wind carry that cloud away. Just take some moments of silence to repeat the pattern of observing any thoughts that come up as you notice your breathing, putting them in the cloud and just letting that cloud fade away. Gently beginning to bring your attention back to your breathing again. Noticing the rise and the fall of the chest on each breath. Start to visualize a golden light coming from your heart. And the area of your chest expanding with that golden light. Glowing and feeling light and love coming from that area. Every time you inhale, imagine that golden light growing a little bit bigger. And every time you exhale, the light spreads to a different part of your body. So inhale, the light grows. And exhale, the light spreads to another limb, another section. And keep repeating this until your entire body is full of that golden light. Letting the light expand past your body and into the room that you are in. Every exhale, pushing the light further and further around your surroundings, engulfing the people, the nature, the objects nearby. And keep spreading that light all the way out to the next area. And see that light spreading to your city, to your town. And each exhale spreading wider to your country, to hemispheres. All the way into the entire globe is wrapped in your loving yellow golden light. And just take a moment to notice how it feels to sit in the golden light that you are spreading to this world. And when you are ready, slowly start to bring your attention back to your body Noticing how the breath feels. Becoming aware of how heavy you feel in your seat, in your spot. Maybe start to move the fingertips around, stretch about the wrist by rolling them, point and flex the ankles. As we start to come back into our bodies, shake the head side to side. And together we'll take one last big inhale in and letting it go of your mouth on the exhale, releasing anything else you are holding on to. When you are ready.
ready, you can slowly start to blink your eyes open. We're coming back to the room. Okay, so that was a little sample meditation. I tried to combine some of the elements that we discussed today, as well as the guided meditation principle. Yeah, let me know what you think about that one. Um, again, I can go into any of these topics into so much more detail. We have not had wind in Hawaii like this in so long, and the past two days that I've been recording this episode, that's all we've had. So it's what, what can I do? I'm living outside. I don't really have a roof to go in, and I wanted to get this episode out. So thank you for bearing with me with the wind <laughs> and the surrounding sounds. But that is it for this episode. Again, make sure to follow me on Instagram. I'll be posting some content this week that lines up with this episode. Some infographics, some stories, some polls, a lot of good stuff. So make sure you're following. It's happy hippie underscore fitness. So hippie is spelled H-I-P-P-I-E underscore fitness. So make sure to check out that page. Send me a message on what you think about everything or if you have any questions, you want me to go into anything a little bit more. I will be clarifying all week anything that we discussed in this episode. So thank you again for tuning in. I'm so excited to have done this episode and I hope you have the most amazing blessed day ever. Have a nice one.